0: Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now.
1: Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa.
2: coming in. It's got all the good stuff and it is like so cheap and we have a lot
3: to talk about. So much to talk about and we need to talk about Hellboy. We've got your Collider Heroes review of that very intense movie coming at you. Plus we're going to be interviewing Mary Marvel herself during the show. I am very excited about it. Now, this is a very Disney Plus themed episode because Mm. everyone ran away from news because Star Wars and Disney kind of ran the slate. Yeah. So there's been a lot. And look, it's not
2: relevant to our show, but there's a new Star Wars video game and it looks really good and the new trailer looks great. None of this is relevant to our show, but uh, I'm just saying.
3: I'm very that was incredible. There it is. Uh so joining us this week is Mr. John Roca. He's usually on the other side of these cameras. I am
4: usually, yeah. So keep it to one hour. <laughs> Let's make sure to stop messing around. This is a show. I'm on the set now to make sure it stays even better. I don't even uh, whiteboard my eyes will tell you. i us get walk so off set NBA with a whiteboard,
1: come,
3: come back. back. Like, oh.
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're still having people coming back from Chicago, so we don't have our full complement of production, full complement. Like, Dory, I don't know where Dory is. Apparently he's stuck in the DMV trying to lie to them about the, his uh, license from Texas. So oh, no. we got a lot of stuff going on and people still coming back from Collider so we're going to do the best we can with this uh, episode. There's going to be a lot of
2: you bring
4: back all the Star Wars. I, I In my brain, I brought uh-huh. back a lot of the Star Wars in my brain. Yeah, I, you know, there were a lot of great shirts there. There are a lot of great stuff that are, from what I understand, from a number of people. So, yeah, it's a great time. Production staff making their way back, and we also have to talk about
3: other things making their way back because we have a lot of characters making their way back yeah, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Nice. A lot of characters... <laughs> that, was, that was the roundabout <laughs> tangent to get us back on the show. <laughs> Disney+, Plus announced a series of shows, most of which we knew about, but the big announcement for me was Hawkeye because
2: Hawkeye to me... Still- semi-official. Because that wasn't part of the investor rundown, right? That leaked a couple days before. It did. And Renner's not confirming it, but it seems official. But within
3: the leak, Kate Bishop is mentioned. And to me, freaking Bishop. that's why I wanted to open this this story, because Kate Bishop in a Hawkeye series is how that show can work. Mm. A lot of people say Hawkeye is like the least interesting Avenger, and I'm like, no, 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 you just don't know the dynamic. Hawkeye's farm scene is one of the best parts of Age of Ultron. That as a show, with Kate Bishop, with training, and doing that West Coast flavor, I'm all about. And this is a post-Endgame show so everybody's wondering what happens with Ronan what happens with Hawkeye if they're in a different dimension where Kate Bishop might actually be canon all of these things very interesting what was the biggest announcement for you guys when this was all said and done once the dust settled
4: yeah. Oh, for Disney Plus? For the whole thing. Well, I think those, uh, to me the 616 thing is interesting, the Marvel 616 thing. I know it's not the big high the heroes, <laughs> and all, but to me as a, as a guy who's become very addicted to documentaries as mm. I've gotten older, especially on Netflix and whatever, to know that all these incredible documentarians are going to be part of this series and break down the Marvel history. And you know what? We all love these heroes, but a lot of people don't know their backgrounds and their history, or how Marvel came around and how these heroes came about. And there's a lot of great stories behind these. On both sides, DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. So to have Marvel have a show completely dedicated to exploring the historical ac- or the historical nature of these characters, and how they came about, how they how their runs went, who were the notable writers or artists for those runs—that to me is exciting. And they didn't just pick people out like from call; they're picking people who are like established documentaries that are heralded. So you know it's going to get the right attention to detail that it needs to for us who are super sweaty about these heroes and villains, the the uh, and stories they'll get. The The proper, uh, um, I don't know, uh, depiction in these uh, documentaries.
2: My heart is like leaving my body. I'm (laughs) so happy. (laughs) And it's the canon
3: Marvel Comics universe. It's not a documentary about the 1999 MCU universe. It's about the comics. It's about the source. And that's really exciting. I agree because a lot of people are going to know the things we know and why we get excited about it. And you can enjoy these movies more if you have the backstory. And I totally agree that diving into the 616 and there's 70, 80 years of story, Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see that in the hands of actual professionals instead of like piecing it together from like a wizard article plus the. Stand soapbox plus stories we've heard. Like to actually have something tangible, it's going to be amazing.
4: Yeah, just like just even break it down. The Daredevil character. If you took the Daredevil character, and went through the history of the Daredevil character, and all the different people who've come into the Daredevil Wally sphere. Wood, Frank or,
2: Miller and Ascenti, yeah. exactly. Uh, years.
4: Yeah, Bendis. Like all these people involved with the Daredevil universe. There's so much to explore here, mm-hmm. and you'll have the jokes about the Ben Affleck version. But then you'll get onto the Netflix show. So there's so much to explore with that character and what he symbolizes as one of my favorite Marvel characters ever. So I hope that's some that they explore what motivated that character to exist and why that character is still someone something that attracts artists and writers and what have you to do runs on that title so they they can easily
3: do two hours every 10 years and make it like a planet earth thing like i would love to watch like you just said each character broken down these long form Mm -hmm. narratives and all like we watch those lord of the Rings special features and it's hours and hours of entertainment and that's about one property right the the Mm -hmm. scope of what they can do with this is is insane yeah
2: Okay, can we talk about the title, WandaVision? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. I like that title.
4: It's an interesting title, very retro. Retro-modern.
2: We talked a bit about, like, that they... Uh, we all know she's Scarlet Witch, but, like, have they ever said that in anything? Is I don't she even, think
4: they've ever said Scarlet Witch. Like, she's just wears Scarlet own, and is a witch. Yeah, right. <laughs> just
2: weirdly reminded me, I was like, I guess they're... One division, sure. Yeah. I guess, sure. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly signed up. With, like, I love that cast. I love that these are going to be overseen by Marvel Studios. I'm so excited about these possibilities. I'm so excited. This stuff is official. But like, one uh, division.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's uh,
2: that's not a joke. Uh, and oh, okay. Other exciting thing for me. Uh, they announced what the first what if story is. Yes, uh, folks have will already have seen us shouting about this on Twitter. But mm-hmm. uh, the very first. Uh, what If story will not come as a total surprise to you if you are a sweaty because you've been watching this show and you know that I got borderline obsessed with Saladina Med's recently concluded <laughs> run on Exiles yeah. which featured the comics debut of the very cool video game idea of what if Peggy Carter became Captain America mm-hmm. they're doing it
3: it's amazing it's the perfect answer to us losing Peggy Carter show it's a, it's a perfect example of like how you can make these characters work because they're so universal and it's another example of us getting a show that couldn't never Necessarily go five years ago. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a very unique concept to be like, yeah, we accept everything. And I'm they're doing so a
2: different excited. take on it. It'll be like they're adding elements that weren't in that comic book version. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. So so exciting, y'all! The What If Show is real. Uh, <laughs> everything about this is exciting. Uh, and we,
3: so we also got uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. We got our first logo. We got like you know details on that. We got details on Loki and the fact that it sounds like freaking Forrest Gump with Loki. Yeah. I'm so excited to see Loki in the middle of historical moments through time and fully
2: starring Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, weren't yeah. totally sure. Like you know, we kind of knew, but mm-hmm. there were different rumors and.
3: Yeah, they they compare it to Rick and Morty. My very first thought was at Forrest Gump. I cannot wait to see this Forrest Gump experience. A
4: sarcastic Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Purposely getting involved as opposed to stumbling into getting involved. Right, like mischief. The god of mischief messing with things is coming at us. It's incredible, right? We love those time-jumping shows Mm -hmm. when they're done well. It was was the most recent one, Timeless. A lot of people fought for that show Mm. to stay on the air at NBC. Right. So you look at this. What... What mischief will he get like up to? Like Evil twin
2: to Quantum Leap. Yeah. Like, he leaps I, in, he messes things up, and he leaves.
4: Yeah, to me, like, it's like to me, it's drunk history and Forrest Gump <laughs> come yes. together. come together. That's what it looks like to me. And and Michael
3: Waldron, uh, Waldron actually from Rick and Morty mm. is is shaping it, which is why you know that flavor keeps being brought up. But I love the idea that we're getting these characters we thought were retiring from the MCU in longer form. Yeah. we're getting like you know or Tom Hiddleston coming yeah. back, but that's going to be multiple hours versus we probably get like forty five minutes a movie of Loki when he's a lead. We're getting hours of Loki. Mm. In these long-form shows, and then we've also got the Hawkeye show. We've already talked about. For me, the biggest surprise, and it's it's only Marvel adjacent, so I'm gonna I'm gonna excuse here. National Geographic, Jeff Goldblum explains just Jeff Goldblum talking about stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. effectively his character in the Thor franchise. Yeah, I cannot wait to see him just monologuing at us. It's gonna this this app's incredible. He's
4: gonna do National Geographic show just c- just talking about stuff.
3: It's like the world
2: according to Jeff Goldblum. So it's not like
3: gonna that? be
4: it's not gonna be a comic book superhero no. thing. No, it's just him just talking about stuff. It's
3: literally the oh series be available on day one will show the world through Jeff Goldblum's mind. Goldblum will pull back the curtain on a familiar Yikes. object like speakers or ice cream and give the full <laughs> behind the scenes story. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so it's
2: cream. like yeah. everyone's everything but it's Goldblum highlights everything.
4: Yeah, Goldblum promotes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for that show. Did you see him tweet uh, about the Star Wars trailer and he uh-huh. put his own laugh in for the Emperor's oh, that's laugh. that's amazing. <laughs> you gotta find that. He is the Grandmaster. That's why I'm
3: talking about Heroes. He's the Grandmaster yeah. in real life and he's given us
4: a show. Yeah. Thank you, National Geographic. When it goes black. He goes, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. and then rises. Skywalker, you're like, oh my god, that's genius. But the, the, can we ask you ask you guys about the Hawkeye thing? Do you think they'll use the bat, Matt Fraction thing as the basis, like shades of it? Of course, that's all set in New York. He's got the farm we saw from mm-hmm. uh, Ultron. But will this be? And we saw shots of whoever that is with the you yeah, know, where she's shooting the bow, and he has the the tra- I mean, thing I on I the track. I hope they don't her like-
2: into being his daughter. But the, if they, I, I all hope live not
4: with either. Kate has to be her own thing, right?
2: I, for me, she does like yeah. I will probably come around if they make that change. Uh like they have they have combined other stories successfully before. Right. Uh that like Hawkeye's a fascinating example of 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 watching all this stuff go out where uh you know Captain Marvel and Hawkeye have sort of parallel stories in the sense that they both got like Re- defining runs uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within about a year of each other mm-hmm. but the difference was that Carol was not quite in development yet which means her whole development cycle got guided by mm-hmm. that and probably in part inspired by it whereas Hawkeye got his defining run after he'd already been established in another medium mm-hmm. like this started in like 2012 and he'd been in 2011 in the Avengers Right, um, and they were kind of going with this sort of ultimate Hawkeye thing um, and there has been this interesting tension ever since because like no one's like you should have had a time machine and known that was coming <laughs> yeah. For right. all we know, that run might not have existed if they weren't, like, give Hawkeye a series people are hearing about it, right. And that just happened to open the door to the genius of Matt Fraction, David Aja, uh, Annie Wu, and the other collaborators on that, like, I, again, cannot be overstressed, such a good run. And that run involved bringing Kate in, and mm-hmm. but, like, the best parts of it were that they were just sort of, that was just their own thing that they were, like, his relationship with Kate got developed in that comic in a way that, like, was not dictated by anything else, just sort Mm -hmm. of emerged and became really beautiful, but, like, exists within those characters' history and context in a way that, like, I don't exactly know what it would mean to base the new one on that run, Mm -hmm. given all of the story that our Hawkeye in the movies has. Now, I still love... I would love for them to take tonal notes from it, the sort of, like... Somehow always doing the wrong thing but super lovable, like disheveled, yeah. can't operate my VCR, Hawkeye right. living in an apartment in New York. It's so good. I don't know how you get from what we have to that, uh, but you could still take notes from, like, the stories, from the, the way they structured their crime stories, mm. from the kind of villains he fought, from, like, fighting the new owners of his building who are trying to evict his neighbors. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, they were great stories that you can potentially use. There's just this accidental distance between those versions that I don't exactly know how we reconcile well I
3: think with Hawkeye he can play the older curmudgeonly-esque but still lovable guy because Renner is that like yeah. and I think the casting allows for us to play on that line and I think that what might happen is that Kate Bishop is not his daughter his daughter dies and he takes on a daughter like figure because of the hole in his heart mm-hmm. I feel like when his, the snap happens that whole family goes they, they buy the farm and then what hey, happens ooh. is that basically he finds a, a surrogate daughter in Kate Bishop and then you've got that interesting relationship that the company comics reflects, and we are invested in in him already, so it's a lot, it's more attainable. We're already invested in his family, Mm -hmm. so when he takes up this surrogate daughter, it's a very Wolverine move. Like, they did Mm -hmm. that with Rogue in the movies, in the comics it's Jubilee and or Kitty Pryde. The fact
2: that there are these non-romantic mentor relationships in comics between men and women is a thing I really love, Uh, and like I'm sort of fiercely attached to a lot of those relationships, um, and so I would love to see that come across. West Coast Avengers
3: works so well because of the relationship between those Hawkeyes, and then you can build off the Gwenpool and choir things because you've got the foundation of them mm-hmm. too, right, the and I West think, Coast
2: Avengers. This is the
3: week. Yeah, we we talked about that maybe earlier, and that actually looks like it's happening. We'll get to that when we get to the comic pull list. But yeah. I, I think that the most interesting development was this non confirmed Hawkeye show because <laughs> yeah. this conversation we're having right now is there's such rich source material in a character that gets scuffed
4: aside, mm-hmm.
2: and I think and it's that, not like he wasn't great before. It's well, just that that run came in and blew the doors Ian off is right. gonna, everything. And he's
4: going to
3: bring him back in a big way. I Hawkeye- think
4: Ronan's huge. Yeah, because I grew up with Hawkeye as West Coast Avengers, leader of West Coast Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's, I have like stacks. Of that <laughs> it was like, that's what. Hawkeye always was to me. So the problem is the way the movies put him into the situation, and the same thing with Scarlet Witch. They both suffered by not having these otherworldly powers. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, and people said that too about uh, Scarlett Johansson and Scarlet Witch. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Black uh, Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. They're like, what's the point of having her in this thing? She's just shooting weapons, shooting guns. Like, what can she really do? Wait, who said that? A lot of people said the that. Right? Yeah, the internet. <laughs> they, that and because I mean, they, that's what Hawkeye got bashful. All he does is shoot arrows. They both do what they do, but I think the I think the construction of those movies. Was difficult because they're fighting aliens from another world. So but as soon as they nod the, to it, yeah. it, works. And I yeah, think it's exactly. the strength of Renner, and exactly. I think it's the
3: strength of Scarlett Johansson. Is it's like, I'm just the guy at the arrows. I just get up and keep going. That speech to right. Scarlet Witch Which is, great. is such a moment mm. yeah. that I think the show can rest on those laurels. Yeah. And we're gonna want to have shows that are once again Marvel does great, cosmic and grounded. Mm-hmm. You've got Wandavision doesn't get much bigger than an <laughs> android lo- falling in love with a witch. Yeah. And then you've got juxtaposed with that, you've got the grounded Hawkeye. Then you've got Loki, who's literally traveling through time, juxtaposed yeah. with the two Captain Americas, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. You've got this this great polarity in your subject material these shows are going to be I'm so excited my for this app you guys my favorite
2: thing is the whoever somebody tweeted uh, they were like wait so Marvel is giving us an entire show of this and it's just the gif of, uh, of Winter Soldier and Falcon where it's like can you move your chair? Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Full series. Like, as much as you want, that's, like, yeah.
4: A moment that second. launched a series. That 20 <laughs> oh, seconds? Absolutely. Old. Yeah, and the, if they ever do the Groot Thor Raccoon team-up, that's the one that it. That uh, could launch another series as well. $100 million just for special effects.
3: Speaking
2: <laughs> yeah. so, of budgets, though, can we talk about
4: yeah. $699? $699. Yeah.
3: That's incredible. Yeah. Seventy bucks for the year if you buy up front. You can't pre buy Rokan, I already tried. Yeah, we did.
4: Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that we were told no, not till November. I, I don't you might lock
1: me out. I don't want
4: to wait in line. I want. I want to pay the seventy now, so I'm assured. I'll pay an extra twenty to get the VIP up front, so I'm assured that this thing will turn on on that date in November. So yeah. yeah.
2: So that that price is great. We don't. Nobody knows how long that price is going to last, but it mm-hmm. seems like it's it's a real play for Disney to be like, we are a utility factor. Us into your budget. Yep. Like you know you are going to need this, which they're making a strong case for yep. right now. They've said uh, it's going to launch worldwide in the first two years. Yep. Which, which is, is smart. It's incredible. Deal. Yep. Uh, which is it's also interesting. Because like Captain Marvel is going to be on there at launch, all the Star Wars movies are going to end mm-hmm. up there, which means there'll be a gap in time where like Captain Marvel isn't available internationally. We'll figure it out. Mm. Um, these are all the things that are coming down the pipe because yeah. of this. Uh, but worldwide release, uh, incredible price point. Me as a fan, I'm just saying, put comics on there.
3: I, that was the one disappointment. Yeah. I was going to say, what's our one disappointment? For me, the DC app yeah. really has flexed. It's not just had those comics. It did then added 20,000 more. Mm-hmm. They're very much showing they're based in the comic books. I feel like this was a misstep, but it's, it's just the first announcement. I think they can add it. I think they can grow into it. But I really want people to be able to flip between the comic and the show. The comic right. and the documentary. The documentary yeah. about comics needs to have an addendum where you can go, oh, they're talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 512. Click. Yep. like It's right there. Yeah, maybe it's still coming. The
2: maybe there'll be a bundle in. Maybe Marvel Unlimited will have like a special Sure. double-up price thing sure. that goes with it. But it is crazy. Like, right now, Marvel Unlimited by itself for the comics is more expensive than... The Disney streaming service. Yeah. Movie.
4: And don't forget, we have Comic Con coming up, so that may be where they announced that uh, and say, we're going to add comics now to this and blah, blah, blah. Because you're right. I mean, I, there's no way this app works a thousand percent without having the comics attached to it. But mm-hmm. I look at what happened. Even
2: like three years ago, that was not a conversation. Right, right. Like, DC, right. we're like, changed this our is our standards now. Get up your game. We're yeah. like, up your game to the thing no one had ever done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So that's what
3: happened with Daredevil, the show on Netflix. When that came out, we were like, just be as good as that. Look what they did. Yeah. Now yeah, the DC <laughs> Universe How hard is that? like, be as good as that. Do you see what they did? DC did this. Why can't you keep up? And yeah. that's impressive because this app is incredible top to bottom and I think they're doing the in and out method of pricing where you go in it's better to sell 100 burgers at 5 bucks than 50 burgers at 10 bucks and I think yeah. it's a really good move to just like everyone in the world getting this app is an option because it's, mm. it's an achievable price point and I don't want them to price themselves out like some other apps have done. It's just it's really bold. It looks it, to me it seems like D- Disney just doesn't need the money. They're just like we've got billions. Everyone just jump on yeah. and catch up Later. Yeah.
2: yeah, but the spend on this 25 series at launch, 50 series five years from now, all these original movies, all the, again, <laughs> Star Wars stuff that I really want to see that isn't technically relevant to our store, <laughs> but oh my God, uh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about well, this future.
4: You know, Mar- Netflix started out small, too. What was it, $7, $8, sure. right? And then they've built up to 15 now. It just, they want to see what the public's t- taste for it is, and then at that point, they'll start increasing, I think, uh, the price for this stuff because it'll become premium content. And that's something that's incredible to me. These actors, these are. A-list actors yeah. Yeah. coming in to do this kind of stuff. I don't care what you think. Elizabeth Olsen is an A-list actor. Tom Hiddleston's an A-list actor. You could argue Sebastian Stan. You can probably argue a couple other people. Maybe Renner to a degree. But these are all, they're in my stars. opinion, yeah. they're movie stars. And so, Oscar winners yeah, and a night's exactly. Tale thespians and even, Paul Bettany. Even, yeah, right <laughs> right. He's the best! Even they're bringing back like a bunch of people to do the voiceovers for the what-if stuff. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, where is this? How? Like, what is the price point on this? Like, How are these people getting brought in because Disney is very famous for creating a stable of voiceover actors who sound like the original actors so they can do the toys and sure. do the other stuff. You know, and so they have like two or three levels of those actors in case if one's a busy, mm-hmm. they'll go to the next one. And so that, that to me, it's surprising that they're bringing in these A-list actors to reprise these roles I wonder how much they're getting paid to do this because it is not cheap. So I'm just 70 bucks a person for a year. We're being
3: rewarded, right? Like yeah. we, we spend the billions on these Avengers movies. Yeah. We're being rewarded with like the original characters and, yeah. I, and I really respect that Disney didn't try to do sound likes exactly what you're right, saying. Like right. when you see Infinity War and it makes two point whatever billion, they're like recycling that money back into the source material. Yeah. And that is that is incredible to me. Like mm. I'm really glad that Disney is staying in house with all their stuff and Speaking of other properties that we have to move on, we could literally talk for an hour yeah, about really those good. announcements. So. Yep. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> we should talk about a non-Disney uh, property. Mr. Hellboy came out this week. We're going to do full spoilers because who knows what news is going to come out next week. <laughs> time to do a spoiler uh, y'all, review.
2: next week is Avengers.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. I'm just saying we might not have time to talk about Hellboy next week with a certain movie mm. coming out. And we so, didn't
2: have early access to this one, so yeah. Hellboy spoiler review coming up. Full spoilers. Accept them. Uh, we saw the movie,
3: mm-hmm. and we went in with certain expectations. ...because we didn't see it early. I didn't go to a press screening. I went Saturday. I went in knowing 15% Rotten Tomatoes (laughs) rested (laughs) before me. And I personally, with that 15% caveat, with talking to David Harbour about how much he loved Hellboy... ...and with being a Mike Magnola fan, got more out of the movie than a lot of people probably will. Mm. Because for me, it wasn't so much of a movie adaptation of a comic book. It was a comic book literally translated to screen with more gore. To Mm. me, it wasn't someone going, this is a movie take on a thing... It's a Mike Mignola frame with lots of horror elements just stretched out on screen. So I was able to appreciate that, but this is not a mainstream film. Mm. I think this is going to find an evil dead-like B-movie following. I think it's going to find a cult audience after the fact. I think it's definitely going to have people that defend it very loudly, like I do Venom. And I think it's going to be a thing that it finds its audience later because the upfront knee-jerk reaction is, it's not Shazam. It's not Avengers. It's not these adaptations. It's a translation. And that's a really hard thing to sell. In some ways, I really want to give it all all the credibility for being like holy crap they did a thing i didn't think was possible there's a scene with nazis and merlin and king arthur like what and being fully invested but on the other side i don't know if that's what works for movies because it's a different medium than comic books so it's i enjoy it
2: suffering from being too faithful Koi,
3: i i think that might be why people didn't adapt to it i am too comic-y to know what someone that isn't comic-y feels like when i watched wonder woman i really liked the fact that there was a moment where i was like is this her suicide squad like i didn't know the history of wonder woman enough to know her team and that made me appreciate it differently whereas this movie is so Dense with mythos Mm. that I feel like a lot of people can't keep being invested in new characters that are thrown at them every five minutes. Mm. Mm.
2: So, okay.
4: What say you, Amy? Hellboy
2: was released (laughs) this weekend uh, and unfortunately did not do particularly well. Uh, And so, my overall take is that. Uh, you know, I don't enjoy not loving things. There's, it's not fun to be like, kind of wish that they had knocked this out of the park, but not sure this was the the take. Like, uh, it, I would say, like we talked about it before it started. Like, it's not a fifteen percent good movie. Like, and that's just one of those Rotten Tomato scores require a certain amount of nuance. Mm -hmm, It doesn't, if you get a 15%, it doesn't mean you were 15% good, 85% bad. Mm -hmm. It means nearly everyone agreed that you maybe did not accomplish what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if they enjoyed it a lot. Uh, And I, this movie had some sort of. It felt like there might have been multiple voices in the room. Some people were really into making a B-movie. Some people were into making a serious mythology thing. Some people were clearly very devoted to the source material. And it has some moments that I really love that feel very Hellboy. <laughs> like the the bargain with Baba Yaga to trade your eye for knowledge. That's classic, good, scary Hellboy stuff. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it has a lot of stuff that I love. But it has other elements where the character of Hellboy has a very distinctive voice that I treasure that... As much as I love David Harbour, and I do, uh, there might have been a different take on his... Like, there might have been things in the writing that would have made it feel more close to Comic Book Hellboy for me. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. you are struggling with the fact that Mike Mignola is an incredible, almost unparalleled artist. Yeah. And... There are like five cinematographers in the universe who can make something as pretty as a Mike Mignola page. <laughs> right, You know what I mean? And it's literally just very difficult. And the Del Toro movies, movies is hard.
3: If this was the first Hellboy, I think it would have done differently. Del Toro's mm-hmm. such an iconic director. Del Toro's such a strong flavor yeah. that when you're comparing it. And you those can't... movies weren't
2: perfect either. Sure. But, like, and I will say, no, if you I, like I monsters, yeah. see this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, see this movie for the monsters. Okay. I, I wish that I could say that this is like a life-changing knocked-it-out-of-the-park every department-in-sync movie. It does feel like maybe the soundtrack people and the script people and the all, everybody was not always in sync mm-hmm. about what they wanted out of different scenes and moments. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good stuff in here and I'm, I'm sad it didn't do better and I'm sad. Like, read Hellboy support Reed, this incredible yeah, read like, Hellboy, <laughs> read <laughs> Hellboy, <laughs> Hellboy <laughs> comics.
3: So, read Hellboy. I do say see the movie. There is a lot of good comedy, a lot of good action, a lot of gore. If it's actually, I'm not a horror guy, so there were moments I was like, I'm uncomfortable. And I, I definitely <laughs> and was... that's
2: clearly a choice that they made. It feels different than it does on the page. We talked mm-hmm. about this yeah. with artistic presentation, but... A like, drawing
4: of evisceration If that
2: sounds good to you, definitely
4: go. Well, McNolla was on set yeah. for this whole thing, and he said in numerous interviews that this is the most faithful adaptation of his Hellboy he's ever seen, even more so than, the, more so than Guillermo. So that guy deserves you know,
2: success and support yeah. and love and read his books. And, if it, and even if it doesn't work... And don't be mean.
4: We got another Hellboy movie. It's still pretty incredible that we were able to get another one after waiting, what, to, I don't know how many years. Just for like another, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. And yeah, so exactly. give McDowell and
3: David Harbour your dollars. At least give it that chance. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth seeing. Now, there is a movie that I think did nail all of the pieces and really established both a comic tone and made itself a movie. And that is, of course, you've heard me talk about it for damn near months now, and that is Shazam! Shazam! Now, Shazam! Shazam is a movie full of heart and life and zeal and comic book glory. And that is in part because the movie has an incredible third act, which we are going to spoiler, 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 dive into right now. Because someone from <laughs> that very important third act is here to join us in the studio today. She played the one and only Mary Marvel of the Shazamily. Now, I would like to say the Shazamily, keeping that <laughs> sneaky and secret was part of what I enjoyed about the movie so much. I will always call it the Shazamily. So I would like to. Credit m- to my friend Rich. A a She's family member.
5: Oh, hi! Hi! Thank <laughs> you for uh, coming! Thank, Thank you so much so for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. <laughs>
3: now, Amy brought to my attention this incredible article. I would love for you to just tee okay. off on that.
2: Can you talk about auditioning for this
5: movie? Uh, yes! I love it. <laughs> yes, I <guess. laughs> how did you get involved? Okay, so this is how the story goes. And this is 100% true, by the way. So I got uh, a call from a casting agent, so there's an audition. Uh, here's the breakdown. And usually the breakdown gives you, you know, character, whatever. It's literally just three pages of dialogue and they say and put it to a dance. Okay. And I, I called and I was like, I think you guys left out the breakdown part. <laughs> and and the part where it says like, you know, for what film, who's producing, for what character. They're like, no, no, that's all you get. Um, sorry. Uh, do the best you can. So I was like, okay. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to have fun with it. I spent the entire weekend um, on YouTube watching John Travolta's Saturday Night Fever. Yes! And I memorized the whole thing, and it wasn't even long enough. So I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And so then I just added, like... Interpretive dance moves <laughs> that are very like fluttery and poetic and kind of ridiculous. Yes. And that's how, um, that's what I did. I went in the room, I did that, I asked questions, She's like, no, no answers. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just do this. And uh, heard nothing for three months. Wow. Mm -hmm. Got a phone call. They're like, remember that really weird, random thing that you did? I was like, yeah. They're like, yeah, so you booked a this film called Shazam. You're going to play Mary Marvel, by the way. And, uh, you know, it's a three-picture deal with two in the end, blah, blah, blah. That's incredible. And I was like, okay, so when do I go for producers? Because I want to get ready. Like, how do I, you know, when do I test? When do I screen test? And they're like, no, 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 it's done. It's done. (laughs) Sign Uh, here? Yeah. Like, it's yours. And I was like... I kid you not I dropped the phone and I started hysterical crying oh. for like 10 minutes and I was like I'm so sorry and they were like no let it out, let it out. <laughs> so that was the whole... Because
2: that's a visit to the
5: wizard. It was like, oh, done. I don't need to know anymore. Bam, the power. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you hear about these kind of things, but they don't really happen too often. So it was one of those moments. I had one of those moments.
3: Everyone I I've talked to from for. the film talked about the long casting process, and everyone mm-hmm. has this different magical story. And to me, that translates to what the movie feels like, where it's like this amazing yeah. build up, and then it's pure magic. The, was the set like that? You were hanging out with superheroes in a super suit. Was that like insane on the day?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was it was insane, but it was also like minus forty degrees. Oh. It was you know in the middle of Toronto, and I'm in like a leotard, <laughs> where everyone else gets like a full suit, and we're shooting night, so we have to sleep during the day. So it's oh. it it was. A lot of fun in the worst circumstances, (laughs) but we had the best time. Like there was never a moment where music wasn't playing. Like Zach or Ross, they're like the most consummate DJs of all time. So all of a sudden, like Salt and Pepper would come up, (laughs) like Busta Rhyme would come up, and then like you'd forget about how freezing cold you are. And it was it was it was like a big dance party for all of us.
2: If Mary Marvel had a song, what would what would her vibe be?
5: Oh my god, that's a good question. Um uh, sorry. <laughs> so that that would be uh, the Mr. Bean Mr. Aww. Bean is Aww. is crying. Um, if Mary Marvel had a song, oh my god. How about um mm, ooh fighter Christina Aguilera. Nice. Yeah, yeah, fighter. Now, how much did
3: you interact with your younger self? Did you guys establish mannerisms? Did you play with the character with each other? Did you guys get to know each other on the way?
5: I was the lucky one because Grace Fulton is actually an adult. Mm -hmm. So Grace is like an adult in real life. And so I got to talk to her in a way that the others really didn't like <laughs> you know we had game night and the young ones had to be in bed but Grace could come out so I got a lot of time with her where I could sit and like be like okay what are you doing on set like how are you playing it and you know and she was like um, really uptight really super like a. List for A personality type A sort of thing, and um, very right, protect- Mary's the t- the very one. protective, you know. And I was like, great, great, because I'm going to do the complete opposite, mm. you know, because that's something we all have a change. Like we all have, you know, Freddie, can, can yeah. walk, you know, his legs work, and Mary's is her her ability to get the freedom to just. Be, to, like, mm-hmm. let her hair down, to just not worry, to have fun. And, like... We don't really see it in this one so much because it is, you know, an origin story. And it's an origin story of two characters, not just uh, Billy Bats and Shazam, but also for Savannah. Yeah. So it's a lot of information to pack in. Um, so a lot of the fight scenes and stuff had to get shortened. But I would know, we, we would all love to see more of that. I know, I know. I wanted to see a lot more because I know how much, we all know how much we shot. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's she's like, She's, like, having a blast and, like, you want, you want more? You want a little more? You want a little more? Come on. Let's do this. Let's go. Come on. You know, so, Aww. like. She has to open up and be Yeah. She's, like, she's more of a teenager. Like, even when uh, we have, like, our stances, like, I did a full-on, like. <laughs> <laughs> Because Mary teen, would never do that. Right. You know what I mean, she's too adult for that. But Mary superhero would be like, mm, what? "I'm gonna kick your butt."
3: And I love that you get that that yeah. idea of like superhero manifestation. You get the idea of like what would your willpower bring a character to be by you guys being cast. Like, you, there's a there's a childhood wish fulfillment in the casting choice. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yes,
5: and that's well, that's what in hindsight now made sense to me about the audition process because what they were looking for was basically someone to come in and make a complete fool of themselves (laughs) do you know what i mean like they were looking for someone because you know i'm sure some people went in and like did some really beautiful dance thing whereas i you know i was like i i'm gonna make this funny because i don't know what else to do with it so i know i can make it funny and that is why you know in hindsight now i'm like Oh, beanie, he can go out. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. There is a bean on the set, and oh. he can go out if he's. You I'm can pick it back
1: That makes <laughs>
5: so I, I think that that same interview I was looking at, like you, you particularly do a lot of
2: like dog rescue, right?
5: Yes, I oh. am. Yeah, I I'm a huge dog lover. Um, I had an older dog. I had a dog for 17 years, and like the last three or four years, you know, it's a lot of work. And so I am a huge advocate of fostering older dogs because they're just in a stage of their life where I think they just want and need companionship and love. And they're such beautiful old souls that, you know, it's, I don't know. They're just a gift. So I love, I love, I call myself foster mama for the old dogs. Yeah.
2: Do you, do you, I mean, I don't know how they
5: found you for
2: this role, but like, <laughs> Comic Book Mary Marvel has a whole animal rescuing thing now. Um, so, good job. Uh, Fantastic. <laughs> good job being the past there. Uh, would you be open eventually if, for example, you have a pet bunny that gets superpowers? What? Hoppy the Marvel Bunny. Yes, I would.
5: <laughs> very much so.
3: I Wonder Brothers, we hope you're watching. She is in. Mm-hmm.
2: Is there anything you
3: want from the character? Obviously, now that we're introduced to these characters in the third act, and, and the comics have so much history, so much yeah. legacy, and the New 52 is very much about the Shazamily. Yes. Would there be any storyline that you personally are invested in? Is there anything that you want to translate from page to screen, how you feel about the character?
5: Oh, wow. Um, I guess I would love to see... Where she goes from here. I mean, because as we kind of leave it, um, she's on the limb of whether or not she wants to go to college or she wants to, you know, stay with this family. Mm -hmm. And so I I personally would like to explore, like, what her choices are Mm -hmm. and what she decides to do with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know, like, does she go and still, you know, maintain contact or does she just decide to stay? But then would that be Mary?
3: Right. Actually, Mm -hmm. no no writers in the room. What do you think she chooses? Do you think she goes to California? Do you think she stays with the family?
5: I think that she goes to college. Okay. I think she goes to college, but maybe she doesn't go to California. Yeah. I think she definitely goes, but maybe like in state. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe in Pennsylvania. So. On the other hand, superpowers now. Oh, that's true. The commute's commute's much easier. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God. She could totally go to California. She could totally. She's going to go to college in California. Okay. Ask the question again. Let's so ask. does she go to Caltech now that she has okay. an ability to? Yes, she does. Yes. You want to know why? Oh. Because she's got superpowers. Yes. It's right there. It's in the text. Boom. California. Boom. Break. Back. Boom. After lunch. After geometry. Back. I
3: don't know. Back. So we're running out of time, so i got one last question. Do you have one more? Go, go, go. So my last question for you is, when you watch the movie for the first time, the, the movie has so much heart and family, I and I really, I can't oversell how important it was for me to see a foster family be handled with such grace. It's so delightful to see not just social workers, but foster parents treated with such respect and reverence, and, and the movie is as much heart as it is action, and that's incredible, and horror. It's a lot. What was the first moment for you that you identified with the younger take on yourself, and you Mm -hmm. saw the translation between Mary Marvel through the transformation. So the movie is two-thirds a younger version of you. Yes. What was the moment when you are watching her, and you are like, oh, this is this one congruent thing. Like, I'm part of this family. This is all one universe. This is all, like, a shared... Was there any beats that felt like it tied into your performance of the third act?
5: Um... I got to be completely honest, no, not for mary i don't think i for yes, for different characters I saw it. I think that um, it was such a limited amount at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we really didn't and this is just my own personal opinion I, I don't think that. I saw that transition completely yet, which is why I'm hoping we see more. Three because you know two. all the stuff that you could be going to. Exactly, exactly. We were, we were very caught up in the like they're doing it, they're actually doing the thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but now we get to be hungry for all that extra plate, all the places
5: it can go from here. Yes, which you know could be lots of great things. But, I mean, I we're crossing again. Fingers, I'm not, know. I, you know. I'm not allowed to talk about anything and I know as much <laughs> as about anyone who has access to the internet <laughs> to be yeah, yeah. quite honest yeah
3: I'm so excited for the sequels I'm excited to see this like me grow too. I'm, I'm uh, the fact they already brought people on like there, there's talks of the sequel within the first weekend and the fact that it did so well I the know, second weekend I like it's know. tracking really well and that's so hard in this weird April time slot so I'm really happy with how well it's doing I think this movie has an impossible amount of heart is there anything else you want to do like what's the next thing as an actress you're looking towards
5: I mean I don't know Ugh, that's a hard question because to be honest <laughs> It's like, what's better than a superhero? <laughs> you know, like, it's on that bucket checklist of like, okay, a statue is cool. <laughs> a statue would be cool. But you know what's even cooler? An action figure. Yes. Have you, you seen I mean? action figure? Are you kidding? I have it on my fridge. I have one on my dresser. <laughs> I like, I talk to Sloth. Like, <gasps> oh. I have this thing where I have uh, love for inanimate objects, anthropomorphic love. And uh, mine is Sloth, <laughs> who was my monster. Yeah. And, uh, we talk to each other. <laughs> we have arguments, and yeah. Those little repertories, they they are super but cute. It was a two checklist. To be quite honest, having a premiere at the is Chinese, oh, and yeah. and the way we did it—what oh, it. a premiere! There was and a the, Ferris wheel on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, and then, like,
2: okay, and the level of secrecy y'all had to—like,
5: I can't. What was, it was, How did you function? Do you know it was like a year? For me, it was people had different casting times. Uh, I had to keep my mouth shut for a year and a half. Wow! And so when people ask me, or like even on social media or anything, of uh, what are you up to? What are you working <laughs> on? Like, are you actually doing anything, Michelle? Yeah. I'm like, mm. oh,
3: that's so hard.
5: Maybe. I don't. Not really. <laughs> Maybe a year and a half
3: of the LA Uh, what are you up to conversation
5: yes it was so difficult but you know well worth it. Yeah, well worth it. And one of the like uh, the the Shazam
2: comic book history is so complicated, but it's now so beautiful that like one of the legendary characters of the Golden Age, who was for a while I think at risk of maybe getting lost, mm. like is real, is on screens, is being seen around the yes. world. Thank you so much for bringing
5: Mary Marvel to life, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Congrats thank on you. the
3: action figure. That's <laughs> thank that's you the win. so much. Yeah, who, needs, who needs the golden? You got the multi. That's what
5: that's I said. That's what move. I said. I'm very
3: stoked. Well, congratulations. Thank I cannot wait can. for the next one. I cannot wait for more. But in today's episode of Collider Heroes, we have a bunch of minor mutations to get to. It was a very tight week in Star Wars, but we did have comic news develop. So we're going to dive into, first up, we had Teen Titans Season 2 has cast their Batman, and that is, of course, Game of Thrones star Ian Glenn. He's our Batman. I'm so excited. We also had Why the Last Man news. Now, this one's tricky as it's still developing. They lost their showrunners, but according to FX, the show is still going. We'll dive into that. I I'm very confused. You kind of need someone to steer the ship, but we'll get there. Uh, we also had Kevin Feige opened up about the team suits. They will be talking about the team suits in just a moment. Kevin Feige also cast Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Thor! Chris Hemsworth is in Jay and Silent. Bob rebooted. It's official. It's adorable. I am so excited. <laughs> Again, and we're waiting to find out what happens news. Saga is set to end with issue 108. It was officially announced by Brian K. Vaughn. We're still in hiatus, but we did find out this hiatus is halfway through. We're at 54... There's another 54 coming. I'm I'm very intrigued. And then finally, Image Comics, Hadrian's Wall has been optioned for a feature with co-creator Kyle Higgins set to direct. So we have a director. We've got the thing moving. So much happening at Image right now. What do you want to dive into first? First.
2: Okay, i got to talk about Saga. Please. Uh, Because this was actually huge bombshell news. Right after we had our signing, uh, Brian Vaughn and Cliff Chang came to the store. They were wonderful. They were perfect guests. Everybody who showed up, hello, thank you for coming. It was an amazing day. And they completely failed to mention that one week later, we were getting... And here's the reason this is a bombshell. It's that we all wondered if Saga was, like, near the end, right? Like, maybe they're taking a big hiatus Mm -hmm. and they're Mm going to come back for our last arc and then we're going to be done with this, like, history-making comic. And they're like, ha, 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 just kidding. We're only there. we
1: are getting
2: so much more saga and i'm so excited about it uh, and yeah. like it because this is it's a huge commitment brian kavan can do a lot of things but this is fiona staples like artistic mm-hmm. life yeah. so i mm-hmm. would respect her decision if she was like look i'm done it's been so long this is so much of my life but instead they're like nah, we're doing this we're doing the whole thing uh so thank you for putting that on the minors this week because i am very excited about that
4: Yeah, and they're releasing the first 50, right, as a compendium for Mm -hmm, people to have for Chris to to catch up. And the cover's beautiful. The Fiona Staples, the one, this giant
3: mammoth book. That's how, if Mm. you're going to read it, just don't drop it in your face. Those giant omnibuses are insane. I'm reading the first 47 Invincible right now in paperback, and that thing is like 80 pounds.
2: It's a lot.
3: Now, I think, uh, for me, the big news of the week was Chris Hemsworth is going to be (laughs) in Jay and Silent Bob rebooted. Now, guys... Chris Hemsworth is amazing. His comedy chops are next level. He has redefined what Thor is and it's starting to translate into the comics and that's always fascinating. Jay and Silent Bob, every time I get the chance to talk about this movie, I will. I am so excited for Rebooted. Kevin Smith's entire career means the world to me. Rebooted means the world to me because we're getting more Jay and Silent Bob. I was worried we never would. Hmm. After Clerks 2, I thought when Clerks 3 didn't go, when Mallrats didn't go to show, and all these things. Now it's not only happening, it's happening with giant names. Chris Hemsworth is is as A-list as it gets and he's going to be in Rebooted and his comedy chops in that world. I cannot Wait to see what Kevin Smith dialogue coming out of Chris Hemsworth sounds like.
0: So ready.
2: We've talked about this before. We're both Kevin Smith kids. It's just one of them, mm. like you have our money. Uh, but <laughs> thank you for star-studying it anyway. Yes. Uh, we also got to talk about. I'm I'm worried about why the last man.
4: Yeah, the downer. The yeah, one. this they've, is the one you dropped in uh, late last night. Yeah, yeah.
2: they've said uh, that the. The showrunners are parting ways, but the, in theory, the show is continuing. Now, the last couple of years, this has been an increasingly common thing we've seen. Like Star Trek Discovery went through multiple showrunners. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. uh But like, I don't know I, what, why, why is this happening? What, what was going well? What isn't going well? What, what is going to replace this? Is this whole, you know, like. This cast that I've been so excited about, like what I don't know, I just—it's not good news. Whatever it is,
3: the, the only good news that is good is that FX is continuing with the series. If it goes well, I mean, obviously right. if it goes bad, we'll be ruining *Why the Last Man*. But a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction was Fox Disney merger, FX chops big show based on a different property. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. what I read. The internet's loud and exhausting.
2: That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the
3: internet's loud and exhausting. But what I read was that people assuming the show was over, and I—we just want to make it very clear, as of now, as of this moment, we've lost the showrunners, but the show as as far as we know, the cast, all those people are still attached. So, but See,
2: that's my thing. Is like That makes me more worried because it's like somebody pitched and made a pilot, cast all these people, and it's like, wait, well, then who's making the show? Yeah. And well, what did they want to do that these that guys tone? didn't want to
4: do? Right. That's the thing at the end of the day. That's why I look at this Twitter post, and it, there's a lot between the lines here of like, we wanted to do, we wanted to honor this kind of show. We shot a pilot. They don't want it. So best of luck to everybody else. But Michael we, Green
2: and Ida Kroll, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. We, 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 yeah, Ida Kroll is the one who tweeted this. She said, we, hope to reward, we hoped to reward wore their talent and their trust not just was successful but with a show that had something to say in a time when things must be said. So is interesting is that something that maybe they they wanted the show to have more of a social message mm-hmm. maybe the creators should have
2: because have you read the content? Of course,
4: of course, <laughs> but of the maybe thing. the creators didn't want to go down that path and or, or was ever, in charge, was sorry the not the creators, but the, the network? yeah, yeah, the network didn't want to go down that path and maybe shut it down and want a little more straightforward story rather than something that which is so mind-blowing because yeah. of what the story's about and what's being pursued or what the journey is of the character, the main yeah. character, and the dog through the whole story. So uh, it's shocking to me on so many levels, but it says to me something that they feel that they made the show about a certain thing, and maybe the people in charge were like, "We don't want it to be about this thing. We're going to find someone else to do it. We're going to keep the rights and maybe keep the cast, but we're going to go a different direction with it." So I don't know. It, uh, to me, this this property's been snake bitten for quite a few so years. Many years. Yeah, and I, I think I at some we point, close.
2: I thought we were. Getting yeah, there,
4: and at like, some point, you wonder how much more longer. I mean, Justice League was snake for how long as well and you wonder is the end result going to be what you want and so i wonder in the end if it'll be what you want what what ends up being because if it's a straightforward thing that look look, dark tower is a perfect example everybody waited for dark tower for decades i worked in bookstores where people came in and devoured those things and and 20 years ago and so people were waiting for this for so long and then when it came out it was such a snake-bitten property, it had gone through so many hands, by the time it came out, it might as well have not have come out. It was so yeah. flaccid, and you worry a bit about that with why and if, if it's going to, in the end, be what we want it to be, because just because it got made doesn't mean necessarily it's what we and want it to Tower be. And Dark Tower also had a great cast. You know? yes, that's a perfect yeah. Like McConaughey yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we might yeah.
3: have
2: to cry to sleep on our 50 more saga comics. <laughs> yeah.
3: So more as that story develops. We'll get some more live yeah. Why the Last Man as we know anything, but speaking of source material, we got a comic list for you. We Here do! We. We've got a great week at the comic store. We're going to be kicking it off with one of the books that had an incredible team that I knew would be amazing, but I didn't know it was I didn't know an A++ existed <laughs> until Spider-Man <laughs> Life Story. Making new letters? I'm making new letters. It is it is the infinity symbol. Infinity. This book is so good. Spider-Man Life Story number 2. We'll talk about that in just a moment.
2: A brand new run on Xena. This had to make my list. Vita Ayala is a writer I really love. They do a bunch of really interesting stuff. Uh, and I'm super excited for this new run on Classic Xena over at Dynamite.
3: I also want to talk about Daredevil number four. This new run of Daredevil has been incredible from the jump, and I finally had a week where I could throw this in the rundown and look at that cover. Yes, Daredevil. And Boom <laughs>
2: Comics is pulling some shenanigans. Uh, they have dropped a surprise release on us. Mm-hmm. They have gone straight from announcement to in-stores this Wednesday angel number zero uh, spinning out of their, their Fox licensing. They didn't put it in previews. They didn't solicit it to stores. They pulled it off as a big surprise and now we all get to read it basically the instant we hear about it. So we can't wait for that one. Oh,
3: I love that. And maybe it'll be collectible because not everybody's going to have 500 of them. I want comics to be money again. Um,
2: they're only money if it's hard to get them. I hate that plan. I'll fight you later. We'll talk <laughs> in the
3: show and after the show. <laughs> now, the final comic of the week is Naomi number four, a continuation of, I think, a magical run. This This comic takes place it's just adjacent to Superman. Superman's a part mm-hmm. of the book, but he's not the book. And I'm really enjoying this new character, <laughs> from Brian Michael Bendis. It is in his Jinx world, that little side project where cover came from. Cover, another amazing book I've been loving over at DC Jinx. Is this one
2: Jinx or is it Wonder Comics?
3: Ooh, actually you're right it could be wonder coming let me, let me look mm. into that the
2: Bendis imprint book. side of DC is cooking a plenty
3: there's a lot uh, coming out I can't keep track of it all
2: uh, so out of these
4: uh, Sir Rubo what, what, what calls to you look Daredevil Punisher what do you want me to say like
3: that,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean like, what do you
3: want me to say <laughs> I thought you when that made the list I, was I, like, I
4: mean like seriously I would probably wear that so I, I love that cover it excites me on so many levels I always love when they do a good story with both of these characters Netflix or otherwise. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up when Daredevil was a massively big character, when Frank Castle and the Punisher was massively big. So I've read li- uh, runs and runs of those. So to have them come together like this is exciting itself. So, but the Spider-Man one is very interesting. Mm-hmm. In the 70s with Gwen and who's involved in this, who's not involved in this, very, very interesting. So Each
3: book's every 10 years. Yeah, so we yeah, have yeah. the 60s and number one. This is 70s. Three is going to be 80s. And yeah. it feels like that world. And it's Mark Bagley. And Mark Bagley has been, to me, synonymous with Spider-Man mm-hmm. since. The great stuff, late 80s, early 90s. Mark Bagley, he's the first guy to draw Carnage. He's he's the the entire Ultimate Spider-Man run. He's the longest run on anyone in the history of comics. Him Mm -hmm. and Bendis have the longest run as a unit, which is incredible. To me, he is Spider-Man. So who better to draw Spider-Man in different decades because he's actually drawn Spider-Man in different decades. And it's so funny. The book gets the sass of Spider-Man. It gets his comedy. It gets the scope. It is I mean, I hate to be hyperbolic, but it's one of the best Spider-Man books I've ever read, and he's my guy. Like, this book is damn near perfect. Mm, Damn. Uh, and then we uh, agree with Daredevil. The Daredevil run yeah. right now, each issue ends in a cliffhanger, like a show. Yeah. So you can't put these books down. And where this picks up with Punisher, I'd pick these books Is this up. two yep.
2: Chip Zdarskis? Yes.
3: Yeah, I, I love Chip, man. Chip Zdarsky. Keep an eye on <laughs> He's
2: it, Watching him come up has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, him and Nick a, Spencer,
3: I buy everything they do now. I, I'm into Archie because of Nick Spencer. Everything Chip Zdarsky mm-hmm. doing, I'm picking up too. Wow.
2: Uh, came in as an artist, is a, an amazing graphic designer, has all this like, and is like, oh, by the way, also, boom, 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 I'm going to write all your <laughs> yeah. comics and yeah. they're going to be great. Great. Yeah. Uh, so this is really exciting. Like, I, it, it, two of mine were TV picks, and I only realized that after I had put them in there. <laughs> but like, they're they're just it's it's interesting to see the variety of what's being done. I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see how the Angel experiment goes mm-hmm. uh, because it's sort of you know it's it's this this surprise release thing which uh, Kirkman did with Die Die Die. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting thing because it makes it tough on shops because you can't sort of plan ahead. You can't uh, like it's difficult to go outside of the ordinary things. But it's trying to address a really interesting problem that comics have had, which is that the way we advertise them, the period where people are the most excited about things tends Mm. to be like eight months before the comic gets there, and you can easily forget about it. If you're trying to get like a mass audience who's not paying attention, who doesn't know how to pre-order comics, who Mm. doesn't know how to all this stuff, they can hear about it, get excited, and forget it exists before the book ever comes out. So and then the comics trying. are worth
3: more because it's a smaller print. And room. I will
2: <laughs> you. It. Uh, it's, it's a, Heroes it's after a, show, a and Amy. discussion. I'm just right about it. I'm just saying. I'm just
3: saying she likes trades. I like floppies. One's worth money later. The other one isn't. But we'll discuss that on another episode because we rushed in some of the dialogue today. I spoke as quick as I wanted to because Twitter questions are happening this week. I've been wanting to get to Woo. some of these questions. Yes. You guys have sent some amazing stuff. It is time for a Twitter twastics twest, segment.
4: We have ten minutes. Woo,
3: let's do it. Let's All right. do it. Ten minutes. We're going to start with Andy Ward. At Mr. Ward AM. He asks, Hope you get to see this. Love the show. We did. Do you think that Groot will be able to regrow himself from Thor's Stormbreaker? This oh, wow. has been asked many times, and I wanted to finally address it. I think that Stormbreaker, when it separated, the, the uh, moment it fused to the actual. Metal of Stormbreaker It was it was no longer part of Groot ah. I think it was like an alchemy thing I think okay. it became mystic instead of being part of an animal That's why when Groot dissipated The, the hammer didn't right. I think it forged into a new entity I think the magic of Thor, the magic of Asgard The magic of that took it over And mm-hmm. it's no longer part of, of Groot
2: I, I agree that that's probably, I would say that's where it currently stands. I would say if you're creative enough, you could definitely find a way, like, find a cool comic book angle for how you take that piece of Groot and make a new one out of him. But I don't, mm-hmm. I think it would require an additional comic book shenanigan.
4: Agree. There will be shenanigans to make this work. <laughs> yeah, thoroughly agree with that. Uh, yeah, because uh, it would have faded. It would have gone to dust as yeah. well if it's part of the creation. Yeah, because all the weapons, like, it just would have gone to dust. So <laughs> no, I agree. Thoroughly. Let's move
3: on. So, all right, so, exactly. so Daniel Logic at Daniel Logic. Logic ask, do you think Marvel or DC will ever reference each other's comic book properties in their respective films, uh. i.e. Peter Parker reading a Shazam comic, or saying Shazam in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, or a comic book or Billy Batson reading
4: Spider-Man? This is this is like when, back in the 80s when Schwarzenegger and Stallone were doing movies. They never referenced each other, They don't, and, then, and then as the rivalry started to end, they would occasionally make fun of each other's movie posters in each other's movies. <laughs> so there were moments of that. So I would be very surprised these are now two very strong conglomerates on the movie scene that they would reference each other's stuff. They might make an illusion, a playful illusion. I feel like they do but, that all the time. Yeah, well, fair. But I mean, something, an overt reference I think would be shocking. later. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's going to happen in the next
3: ten, like maybe right. the next five to ten years, but not sooner. Yeah. And I think that like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man lived in a universe that had DC movies because Aunt May references Superman. She's like, right. not Superman, you know. And he says Shazam before he says Go Web Go. Right. There's a lot of DC references in that film, but that was in a different time. But Comic book again, movies are a different animal now. Shazam
2: had the piece where they're uploading things to YouTube and again, one of his temp titles was Zapped in America. Yeah. yeah. Which is only makes sense as a reference to that. But like, yeah. you know, obviously they, they can't full on start using things they don't own it would be sort of, you know, you can't right. be like I'm putting Superman in my movie and <laughs> there's a line there where like if you've sufficiently implied that Superman exists you're doing something illegal that you
1: are not allowed <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: like I feel like I love that they do jokey illusions. I don't expect it to go much past that until we get the great Marvel versus DCU vote on the outcome streaming service crossover oh, our sure. show, yes. sure. uh, of our dreams.
3: Yeah. And when we get to the sweaty question there's some amalgam play coming up. Uh, also the answer to this question shortly for me is the Spider-Verse moment where he says that's all folks and they ask is that legal that is exactly how I feel about this can we say that Uh, legally (laughs) Derek Richardson at Dirk 101 asks where do you think the MCU will go after the Infinity Saga will Galactus be the new overarching villain as Thanos was will Dr. Doom and Magneto be the next Loki shifting from likeable villain to anti-hero I think that the only way to keep us interested is to keep the villains more contained and then build to an overarching slowly or not at all. I think Thanos was a one of one situation. Mm-hmm. I think that there's no version of us where we get to have this amazing eleven year run again. Like every studio is trying to have these giant overarching storylines. Look what happened to the dark universe, look what happened to mm. certain other like film properties that are all trying to share it. But then you look at the Fast and the Furious universe, that's one streamlined thing, then you've got a spin off with Hobbs and Shaw that looks great. I think streamline and then spin-offs is more likely than five movies lead to one five movies lead to one again because there's just it's such a hard thing to do and this took so much planning and now people know what this is when iron man came out we didn't know how big this universe was going to be it was a very unique situation so i think these villains are going to live in their universes and then share each other i think dr doom can definitely be in black panther and fantastic four but i don't think dr doom is going to be in black panther fantastic Four, spider-man i don't think they can do that much personally
2: I would say uh, what we'll get is a repetition not of what we remember about this cycle, but of what it actually looked like. Which was a bunch of stuff that mostly stood alone that eventually built to something. I have a feeling we, like, the next time we get a big build-up, it won't feel the same as this one. But I do think there will probably be, like, you know, once we've met this new set of characters, we're going to want them all to get together. Mm -hmm. And one of their Mm -hmm. villains will probably have been a standout. And it's very likely that someone will recur. But, so, and I think that Doctor Doom and uh, Magneto are both great picks for that mm-hmm. no. um, we all have to process some sort of like, are we ready for a new Magneto? Do we have more things to say with that character? Uh, like, there's a lot of issues between now and then. I think we have a wait. I think you are darn right that we will see like more self contained stuff, but again, like in the way that we started out this cycle doing, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so but good, good thinking. Another though.
4: question, yeah. I uh, think if we get one to be Kang, by the way. That's fair. I think Galactus is still in play. I don't hmm. fully with Endgame. I don't think Thanos is going to be the main villain. I just have a weird feeling about it that he will, like in the Infinity Gauntlet comic book, he will regret what he's done and they will, he will eventually side with the heroes as this goes forward. I may be insane. If but they that's pull what I a last
2: minute switch and they're like, "Just kidding," he is in love with the immortal concept of death and she does reject it. Like, I will die in the theater. Oh, <laughs> that's true. If death
3: is suddenly there and it's Kate Blanchett. Like, right? Can you imagine if she just manifests into the skull and we see all that and he loves her? And,
4: and real quick, those are two different people. I know. But
1: they don't have to be. They, they don't have
4: to be. People on my ass about it. I say, well, hell is different than death. I get it, yeah. but she could stand in for death. Calm the F down.
1: All
3: right. <laughs> I was on a movie fight and I called Tilda Swinton, Cape Blanchett the other day. That's right oh, oh, so So, let's just own our thing. Uh, and then we got Rob Galafassi at Galafassi. Rob asks, this may be more of a Collider Heroes question. Well, here we are. But could Rocket suit in Endgame be foreshadowing the Guardians team having the matching uniforms from Abnet and Landings Run In the comics for (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, sweaty. I appreciate it. Yeah, Uh, I think it is. Deep (laughs) cuts. Shit. This is the first time we've seen them together like an X Men suit. The Avengers historically don't have suits. Uh, They have individual suits, like Hawkeye's in purple and caps and spangled, and like they're all in different stuff. Historically, they're not this unified force. I completely agree. Landings Run, Abnett, and Landings Run is a unique thing for the Guardians, just as this will be a unique thing here. I think it's supposed to symbolize they're having to do something he's never done, and I think the moment they put those on is the first. Time we hear Avengers assemble. I think it's the mm. first time we've seen them assemble to this level. So we get that beautiful line from Cap. I hope yeah. so.
2: I hope so. I hope so. I, I think that, that like it, that rocket in it doesn't necessarily mean the Guardians are getting matching uniforms, but I like the way you think.
4: <laughs> yeah, all I can say is this is if this is real, this, you, you could totally see them doing this as a an homage to, uh, to that run, and yeah. to, it makes a lot of sense. They don't have to adhere to anything that happens in that run, but it's a nice little wink to the comic book fans, and especially the deep comic book fans in the Guardians of the Galaxy, that we are knowledgeable about this property and these characters. Fun to bring them together, we'll see where it goes. I think it's more Weirdly, about... Weirdly,
2: the suits look a lot like the uh, imminent Designed or er, er, the imminent run X Men suits for the time displacement. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Time yeah. displacement,
4: you say. I, way you seek uniformity, and that's what this is all about. I, I think right? they're just
2: doing design. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I'd love to think that they're looking at lots of source material as they do them, but we've seen that the movie people like to put their own stamp on. Yeah. And
3: also a great way for the Russo brothers to escalate because they've they've proven a live action crossbones works. They can go as comicy as they want. The yeah. new TV spot literally has them saying like, "You know your missions." Like this this movie looks real comicky, yep. but it's working. <laughs> uh, two questions left. We got you know. at Eon1Eno asks, if the new Joker movie is good, what other human-level DC character would would make an interesting solo character study film? Lex Luthor's rise to power drama, Lois Lane investigation thriller, the question crime drama, etc. All of those, for one, great ideas, Mm -hmm.
2: sir. Lois Um, Lane 100%. I've been saying
3: I want a Tom Hanks Lex Luthor for years. I'd love to see Tom Hanks do a a bait-and-switch where Tom Hanks never plays a villain. He's the most likable guy. Lex needs to be likable. That's why Michael Rosenbaum nailed it. Mm. I would love to see a slow-burn political drama Drama, like uh, the Ides of March with Lex Luthor and then you're like not watching a comic movie till it escalates to Superman needing to be involved. Out of those, that's definitely one but the question should be in every movie ever and the question is such a great character.
4: Look, I'm crazy. I like the Cyclone. I, I would love to see her get some kind of weird ass run because people don't know that much about her. People don't know but she's connected to like Justice Society. She's connected to Legacy. You know, she's a smart girl. She does drama. All this kind of stuff. Nanobots are like there's so much with Cyclone that I think would be a lot of fun to explore. If you took a human character, it doesn't always have to be that the people everybody knows it once you knock those out guess what's left yeah you got to go and find the the real rich characters and i think cyclone has a great story and a fun story and you've got multiple generations of superheroes to play with in her story so i love that idea you know
2: that's a great call
3: I'd also love to see Court of Owls as a slow burn uh, like hellfire type oh, yeah. situation where you've got a, like a political intrigue you've She's got a group
2: of Gotham stuff yeah, yeah. and
3: you've got kind of like the skulls meets eyes wide shut like it can be this weird like group of underground people doing their thing mm-hmm. and I'd love to see the Court of Owls rising through Gotham you could have it take place over like a hundred years and that way you can have your Batman adjacent without Batman like they keep trying to Team yep. of
2: Weirdos that I want to have their day they're like semi-street level I, I want somebody to do something with Gail Simone's Secret Six Ooh, um, mm. there was the they're, they're like team of, of real messy up folk on that team, but somebody recently uh, she retweeted, made the comment that they were like, what I love about your run on that book is that everyone on that team is trying to be everyone else's parent, <laughs> uh, But they're all like way too messed up to pull it mm-hmm. off. And she was sort of like, you know, I never realized that I had done that, but that's dead on. <laughs> that's pri- uh, and it's just like, it's 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 real good and, and real messed up and I'd be down for that. Uh, scandal. procedural okay. with savage.
3: Constantine and a day in the life of Plastic Man. Uh, sweaty questions of the week. 30 Last seconds. question, let's do it. Uh, oh, man we are doing Twitter or cues. If DC and Marvel could trade like five heroes and/or villains to each other, who would you pick? Joker fights DD, Kingpin goes to Gotham, Wonder Woman team runers, Thor, Spidey with Titans,
2: Hulk the friend, Superman, etc. Renee Montoya and Cecilia Reyes get lunch. Ooh, I'm the only person in line for that, but I'm in
4: line. Hawkman and uh, Green Arrow hang out. Oh, I mean uh, Woody, uh, Hawkeye and Green Arrow hang out. Yep. Mariner, Mariner and Aquaman go on a little adventure. <laughs> I would love to see what they would do in the sea. Uh, and I'd like to see who am I thinking of? Oh, Ted Court, Reyes, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, Miles Morales. Oh. I'd like to see those two as taking on the mantle of someone else. How would that? Uh, how would their adventure be together? and What their conversations would be like?
2: I want Carol Danvers to buy ice cream for Billy Batson <laughs> beautiful uh, lunchroom
3: drama between Tom Holland Spider-Man and Superboy That's Con good. L yes. uh, I want to see Green Lantern Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern teaming up with anyone in the universe a young <laughs> like young Avenger team oh Kate Bishop and, and Kyle Rayner oh Bird? my and god, and Kyle god she would have no
2: Kate Bishop for and for Kyle him, it would be so it would be good. Good. the perfect
3: like oh. uh, yeah so that perfect. Uh, let's do Wonder Woman and Storm talking about being a leader of your people and also being a superhero like uh, the drama of trying to wear all those hats yes. uh, Kingpin and what was yours Kingpin goes to Gotham is beautiful because Mm -hmm. he's a very, very mafia-like villain. I'd love to see him Mm. in Gotham. And then uh, that's it for now. We'll do more online. Great
2: picks, great picks. Thank (laughs) you so much for Twitter
3: questions. questions. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right, guys. So until next week, ask us these online. I want to do more of those last one. That was a sweaty question. It was fantastic. So until next week, thank you guys. Stay sweaty.
5: Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15
3: Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus,
2: get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November
4: twenty seventh through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.